Welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast with IT leaders who are driving the future of a software-defined infrastructure-based data center. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. This is Jake Smith, and welcome to another edition of Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud. I'm joined by John Kohler, Technical Director, Healthcare Solutions and Developer Advocacy at Nutanix. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about your role at Nutanix and a little bit about the company and their history. So as you mentioned, I oversee the healthcare solutions team within core product engineering here at Nutanix. As a company, about an eighth of our business is healthcare related in one form or fashion, and we've chosen to create a kind of front of house to back of house vertical around healthcare to make sure that our products are aligned with needs of the various software vendors in the healthcare space, whether those be healthcare record companies, imaging studies companies, or just general healthcare solutions. So I represent the product engineering part of that. So I often summarize my job making sure that our product doesn't kill people, which some people chuckle at, but the reality is coming from the health system side myself, that's absolutely true, right? You kind of surpass the mission critical and business critical milestones with uh, infrastructure that hosts healthcare solutions and move up to the life critical, as it were. So it's very important that we're looking at our products, services, and overall engines, so to speak, from that lens. So we make sure that availability and performance are the absolute number one cornerstones of what we do. Now, Nutanix started out as a software storage company. We were one of the first to take commodity x86 servers and put them into what's now called hyperconverged infrastructure. We take no credit for that acronym and buzzword of marketing. And we've evolved the product into multiple other things around virtualization and management and compliance and governance and all these things that use hyperconverged storage infrastructure as the concrete and foundation. Can you talk a little bit about how Nutanix and Intel are working together in not only healthcare, but just really to enable that next generation foundation? The partnership has been very solid on both sides for a long time, both on the processor and x86 side, as well as the storage side, and more recently, Intel software optimization side. You know, when the hardware gets to a point where it is so fast that bottlenecks and other things that can be approved are software-related, it actually behooves ourselves and Intel to work together to make sure that we're not only writing good, stable code, but looking at things like compiler optimizations and you know, looking at things down like the IRQ levels because we look at these new next-generation technologies like Optane, they are just so ridiculously fast that it's gotten to the point where the hardware for now has gotten out of the way from a performance perspective. And now we're in a point where we say, oh, crap, we've got to rethink how the software interacts with that hardware to really unlock its capabilities. So we've been working together both in the healthcare side as well as the non-healthcare side to use things like VTune and System Studio and Intel Advisor to introspect our code to the point where we can point out bottlenecks and go resolve them. 
all that stuff coming together kind of culminates in the tide rising for not only the healthcare side to meet the performance and criticality needs of those workloads, but also every other use case, you know, pick a dartboard, throw a dart at it, and you'd find a customer using Nutanix for some random use case. All of the code is common across all those use cases. So we're just making everybody's lives better by really doing this diligence and this heavy work here. Well, I couldn't agree more. You know, having common code that provides a scalable framework, or I like to say mobility to data, right? If data has gravity, making data mobile makes that gravity even more valuable, in my opinion. So let's talk a little bit about what we're doing on the database side and talk a little bit about using sort of life-critical workloads. I've always found this very, very interesting in the work that you guys do in the healthcare space. Yeah, when I whiteboard this out, I usually sketch this as a fundamental physics problem, right? You have these healthcare apps, which some of them literally started in the 60s and 70s and the computing that was available at the time. And a lot of the paradigms of it's just one big old server and it needs to go faster, add more resources to it, have really made these applications extremely scale up. So release after release, software gets better, hardware gets better, but fundamentally the architecture remains a handful of very scale up databases that need some place to put data. And you look at hyperconverged infrastructure like Nutanix, you know, if that big scale up workload was a tall rectangle, the scale out fabric is that rectangle on its side, right? Of, okay, you might have enough computing power and storage power across the cluster to service the workload, but how do you make it actually, instead of scale out, do that same type of scale out motion? So we've engineered a handful of data path features specifically to address these workloads that allow us to kind of take those rectangles and make them look the same. We've got a feature that we just released specifically for one of the large healthcare vendors called the Volume Group Load Balancer. And while it's not exclusive to them, what it does for them is allow that one single scale-up database server to directly connect to all of the storage processes on all of the systems simultaneously without having any sort of bottlenecks on a per-system basis. So we ended up moving the bottleneck not from the storage to the network, which is great by itself, but we actually moved it from the storage to the PCI bus. So when we were testing out this feature, we said, okay, we got 40 gig networks. Those ended up being too slow. We said, hey, how fast can this thing go? Because we actually had to have it go faster than 40 gigabits per second. Ended up putting 100 gig NICs in, with LICP and all that, and it was able to drive that at line rate And what you see, just based on the overheads and kind of where things are, is that now the PCI 3 bus only goes roughly-ish 100 gigabits per second. So we're now at the point where for that particular feature, if we wanted it to make it go any faster, you'd either have to have even more lanes and more buses or make the jump up to PCI Express 4. Talk a little bit about where you believe the industry is going and where is Nutanix going to envision taking software-defined everything? Our mission is to transform what we do really into a platform-type approach where you can consume all of the features that we've built around our core stack as a platform wherever you'd like to consume them. So if you wanted to deploy Nutanix and the surrounding stack into Google Cloud Platform, you're now able to do that. If you want to use the various automation orchestration frameworks to not use Nutanix's kind of concrete, so to speak, at all, but use that orchestration to provision workloads in AWS and Azure. With ease, you can do that too. Ultimately, we want to make sure that customers have the choice to interact with that platform, how it makes sense to them. 
which of course the on-premises option is always going to be there. So when people realize that, okay, public cloud, maybe their, I don't know, cost concerns or whatever concerns there may be, they still have those great options to bring that type of experience of having an easy-to-use enterprise-class infrastructure within the four walls of their data center. And they have the ability to bring that experience in-house and manage it just like they would various public cloud resources. That said, the needs of some of these applications aren't going to stop, whether it's healthcare-related or not. Uh, people are always going to be pushing the envelope and wanting to do things faster and adding in things like artificial intelligence and neural networks and those types of things. So that's why we place such a high value on our relationship with Intel, such that we can say, okay, let's look ahead of the curve at some of the next things that are coming out and make sure that we're taking advantage of those so that as customers choose to adopt some of these next-generation technologies from Intel, they have the options to not only put our software on there, but have the software really show the capabilities of that hardware instead of a situation where they buy the latest and greatest hardware and it is just as fast as the previous version, which is uh, definitely not the experience we want anybody to have. That's outstanding. Where can listeners go to find out more about Nutanix and our next-generation select solution efforts? Prospective customers or people who just want to geek out a bit can check out www.nutanix.com. We also have a great presence on both YouTube and Twitter. On YouTube, we've got a ton of content around both how the product works, how other customers and other organizations are using our product, and educational resources down at the kind of the engineering level. The last place that people can check out, which uh, we really pride ourselves on, is a resource called the Nutanix Bible or NutanixBible.com. You know, literally, every feature down to the engineering level is posted there so you can figure out exactly how we do what we do and then can dive down from there. Well, thank you, John. On behalf of my guest, John Kohler, Technical Director, Healthcare Solutions and Developer Advocacy at Nutanix, my name is Jake Smith, and this has been Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud. Wherever you may be, I hope you have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Mm-hmm.